51 years. That's impressive. That's impressive, Pastor. Sister Gwen, that's Mama Gwen, that's impressive. He told me I walked in um, that we were dressing alike. He said, you're the elementary school class. I'm the graduate degree. I was like, hey, I can't argue with that. Um, the pastor also said a few weeks ago, at the end of 16 Deadly Ds, you will be preaching. In my back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I got a few months. <laughs> Clap if something 16 Deadly Ds made an impact on you. I can't imagine 16 Deadly Ds, a, a Tiles uh, sermon series, how much prep and time and effort that goes into to make that. And so, um, yeah, I want to thank Pastor for that. But um, it's kind of back to school season, correct? Yeah. I mean, most of the parents are like, thank God, right? <laughs> some of you are like, I can't wait to get these kids back to their normal routine. And some of you, especially the past year for a lot of these students, has been a couple years of turmoil. And it's been a continual couple years of turmoil. Um, as a member of the adult community, kids, I apologize for us not getting our stuff together. And you have to suffer through a bunch of chaotic uh, mess this year. Uh, maybe we'll do better next year for you. Um, but I love summertime. Summertime, not only we just wrapped up the Olympics, but I love summer blockbuster movies. You guys know me. I love going to the movies. I talk about it all the time. And part of going to the movies is they spend a lot of time, effort, and uh, marketing on the title of the movie. The title means something. It, it gives you a snippet of what the movie's about, or sometimes it's very cryptic, and you won't know why, why they titled that until the end of the movie, depending on the genre of movie. I know this because I, you know, I was able to go. Uh, Denzel Washington had a movie. Um, I got the pre-screening of it, and part of the pre-screening of this, it was the, the flight movie, when he was the airplane pilot, and he had a crash land, and uh, he had to deal with his uh, demons, you know, throughout the movie, and uh, I got to go early, and at the end of it, they give you a survey, and they're like, hey, you know, we're thinking about naming this, and one of the questions, like, hey, we're thinking about naming this movie this, does that make sense? Um, they spend a lot of time and effort. When you go to the bookstore, they spend a lot of time and effort on naming the book certain things, the, the way the cover looks, because it gives you a snippet of what that book's about to entice you to not only buy it, but hopefully to read it. But each one of you have titles that you have accrued throughout your life, right? If you have a piece of paper, I want to take a few moments Write down all the titles, whether they're current or formal. Write all the titles you have accrued down uh, throughout your life. I'll give you a few moments here.
knowing some of you, you guys have quite a few titles to write down. Um, the younger you are, you probably got less titles, but that's okay. Um, and you can keep writing, but titles give us some insight into your accomplishments throughout life. Right? I know we have a few doctors in here, and we address them as Dr. So-and-so. That's impressive. That, that, that shows a snippet of what you went through and the dedication and time that you put into this, the field of study that you're in. And that's, that's something that's an accomplishment. Some of you put, may have put down mother or father. That's a great accomplishment. It gives us a snippet of what your life may be like on a daily basis. Um, but doesn't give, titles doesn't always give us the full picture of who you are. Oftentimes, it doesn't even show most of the time your relationships that you have with other people. Um, and what I like to do, for especially those that are very close to me, is I've always done this, is to give them nicknames, right? My nieces and nephews don't know that uncle knows their first name because I give them nicknames all the time. And they take certain pride on it because it shows how close we are. It shows the intimacy that we have and the special relationship that we have. You know, I have a friend back there for 20 years of friendship. I give him certain nicknames that me and him have as inside jokes as 20 years of build up to that point. So for you, if you're still writing, write down the names other people have given you. as you're writing, it's funny, there was a TikTok challenge going around a couple of months ago. And for those that don't know what TikTok is, it's just a platform for, for videos, okay? Uh, the kids know about it. Um, but there was a challenge, a TikTok challenge, where um, the significant other will record themselves um, videotaping by calling their significant other by their first name. Right, instead of babe or boo or love or whatever, whatever pet names you guys have for each other. And each time, almost the other person will look disgusted or did I do something wrong? What's going on? Why are you calling me that? Because there's something personal and there's a personal intimate connection. You earned that name, that title, and it means something to you. But sometimes you give yourself your own names. So lastly, I want you to write down the names that you've given yourself. It's funny, when you do this exercise, the names that you give yourself sometimes tend to be negative. Showcases your failures, the things that you still hold yourself accountable for, the things that you can't quite get over. Or some of you have a really big ego, and uh, you really think highly of yourself. Um, but do you know that God has a name for you? He has a name and a title that's unique to you. 
And that's what we're going to look at today. The first example, and that we, we, we see oftentimes in the Bible, that God will be, will be introduced to a character. We get to understand his background. We get to understand their story. And then about midway through, God says, huh, I got a different name for you. I got a different title because I designed you to be something else. One of the first characters we see this um, in Genesis is a guy named Abram. A rich landowner, lots of property, has people you know, that answer to him. He's got everything he can want. He's got many possessions. He's good at business. He's got a high reputation. And um, he could have everything he could want except one thing. There was one thing that was nagging him, him and his wife, and that is to have a child. His wife, Sarai, was barren. And for a lot of people, I know a lot of people have that desire to have kids. That's a natural, godly desire. It's okay to have one to have kids. And uh, year after year, Abram's cries went unanswered. The pain, the thing that was always stuck in his side, probably the one thing that he wrote down on that um, thing was being fatherless just a moment ago. He probably wrote down fatherless as one of the things he's given himself. But we see Genesis chapter 17, beginning at verse 4. God comes to him and says, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. Later on, he talks about his wife. Verse 15, it says, God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. What I love about this is Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah, you look it up in the words, it's not that much of a change. But God refines. God can refine you. If you've been walking in step with him for years to come, and you're like, I'm walking in step with you while waiting for that next level, God's sitting here and saying, I have a title for you that's going to refine you. Abram, in Hebrew, means exalted father. Abraham simply means father of many nations. Similar titles, much greater impact. Sarai means princess. Now, we watch a lot of Disney movies. Every young girl wants to be a princess. Sarah means my princess. It is God sitting here saying, I take ownership of you. You're mine. You're my princess. And the thing that I can imagine Sarai, part of being a woman, having been around quite a few women in my lifetime, 
I understand that being a mother or having an opportunity to be a mother is part of some of people's identities. It's something that's built into them. And for Sarai, it had to have been a really big struggle not to be. She had all this wealth. People respected her. But the one thing that was lacking was that she was childless. And that she couldn't make princess and princesses of her own. And God says, look, I take care of you. You are my princess. And from you, princess, princesses, kings, and queens will come from you. He did all of this despite their old age. Even they had their doubts. God, as you see throughout Genesis, moves and works and refines their title. They grow into that stature of father of many nations and my princess. They didn't have their first child till I think, 99 years old. Yeah. <laughs> we hear certain celebrities, you have kids, like, I got 60. We go, what are you doing? Right? Uh, but God had that title, and he saw it through. And for those that have been walking, uh, lock and step with him for so long, just as Abram and Sarai were doing, he will refine your title. That's what I love about it. He is in control. He knows your name. He hears your cries. And he will refine you to the point where you can step into what he designed you to be. But some of you are like Jacob. We get introduced to Jacob later on in Genesis. And Jacob was born as a twin. He was born second of the twin. His name literally means coming in second place. It means to grasp the heel of, and that's how he came out. He, got, he, he was grasping the heel of his brother Esau as he came out. And as the oldest child in the family, um, I understand the jealousy that comes with that. Jacob, his whole life, wanted what, was right, what he thought should be rightfully his, but it was Esau's because he was the firstborn. And so Jacob had a bunch of schemes. He was doing certain things to weasel his way in to his father's inheritance. And they had a lot of conflict because of that. At one point, Jacob's about to face his brother after all this trickery and is afraid Esau will be seeking revenge on him. It got to the point, escalated so point, that they thought it was going to be about to be blow for blow, death kill battle here. And so in Genesis 32, beginning at verse 22, we catch up with Jacob and it says, That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that the hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, 
he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob was left alone to his own devices. He sent everything away, he sent the people, his relationships away, not only for their own protection, but he had to do some things and wrestle with God himself. Spent all night wrestling with God himself. Some of you are still struggling for the things you've done in your past, and you may need to spend all night wrestling with God himself. And it's a struggle. It's not over. It's just, you know, in this story happens overnight. But as you see, Jacob goes from Jacob, second place, to the patriarch of, the, of an entire nation. And if you study more into Jacob's story, and Israel, from that transformation from Jacob to Israel, you'll see that he had to literally grow into that title. It just wasn't overnight. Took time, effort, walking with God, even more wrestling with God in order to get his stuff under check, get him back in a position in which he could step into the destiny that he was called for. One of the things, I love sports, and certain sports lend itself to great movies and stories. One of my favorite stories is Muhammad Ali versus Ernie Terrell. Muhammad Ali was previously known as Cassius Clay. And I know he's, as he's converting to the nation of Islam, he is given the name Muhammad Ali, which means beloved of God. It showed the transformation that he went through spiritually and worked through in order to earn that title. It had some sense of pride behind it, okay? But Ernie felt differently. And through all the pre-interview, uh, fight interviews, Ernie refused to call him Muhammad Ali. Refused. And it kept getting under Muhammad Ali's skin to the point where before the fight, Muhammad Ali says, by the end of this fight, you will say my name. The fight's on YouTube. And trust me, it is a beatdown, okay? Because Muhammad Ali is physically beating the physical representation of his past and the acknowledgement of who he is as a person. So during the fight, about midway fight, he has complete control of the fight. He is circling, bam, 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 throwing jabs at him. And between jabs, he is saying, say my name, pow, 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 say my name, pow, 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 what's my name? You can hear it through the broadcast. He beat him to a pulp, but he was physically wrestling with his past self so that he can step into his future and his destiny known as the world's greatest fighter. I love that story. Some people, you may have gone through that wrestling with God, and some people still don't see you as your new name. That's okay. Just keep beating it down, just like Muhammad Ali did. Just keep beating it down. Beat it into submission. Beat your old self into submission. And at that point, 
You know, Ernie literally, that was a TKO. He, he, he destroyed him. Some of you need to take some time. Separate yourself from the things that are hindering you. Your responsibilities. And wrestle with God. And some of you are like, Trevor, I thought this was a back to school sermon. Don't worry, I'll get to the students in a sec. Jacob goes from second place to a leader of an entire nation, gaining a bigger inheritance than he can even think of. But if he doesn't wrestle with God, he doesn't get his stealth in check, he doesn't start becoming who God designs him to be, he has never stepped into the inheritance. He's still fighting with his brother and probably dies on the battlefield. It's never too late to step into what God does. But there could be a ticking time clock depending on your life situation. Your Esau could be way on the battlefield tomorrow for you. So you might want to wrestle with him sooner rather than later. All right, parents. I'll, I'll lay off for you for a little bit, but maybe not. Depending on how you see this next thing that comes about. But many of you are going back to school. So the students are going back to school. Uh, I heard someone walking in, uh, Sister Arnetta, I was walking in with her, and she says, you know, I was like, you know how's, your, how's your week going? I don't, if you don't mind me sharing this, okay. She goes, you know, it's been an interesting month. She goes, I just put it in my two weeks notice. I go, okay, you know, you about to retire? She goes, no, no, not retiring. I'm getting a promotion. I'm getting something that's bigger and better for me. More money, less time, better benefits. Come on now. That's amazing. At the ripe old age of 29. Still is elevating herself and putting herself in a better position. And so if you're trying to figure out your path in life, or you're still trying to figure out, okay, am I midway point in my career? Am I on the right path in my career? Or, Brother Trevor, I'm still struggling with my multiplication tables, but I want to be a scientist. And you're trying to figure it out. Maybe this next thing will help you out. Another key character that we can introduce is a guy named Simon. Simon was a fisherman by trade. Now, I know some of you like to fish as a hobby, right? And it's something that you may have started as a little kid. But fisherman by trade probably has to be a very tough profession, right? This is not the greatest catch on TV, right? He's not in Alaska on those big, huge boats and catching all that stuff. Love that show, never would sign up for it, okay? That's just not me. But fisherman by trade means that you have developed, you have to have developed certain characteristics and disciplines in order to be successful at that. Because you have a lot of competition. You have a lot of competition in that field. It was, you know, one of the major markets for people to make money back in that time. And so you have to put in long hours of work. You get to study from those that came before you. Hey, what's the best place in the spots for this type of fish in this lake? 
hey, what's, you know, what time do these fish usually come up closer to the surface so I can set up traps and be ready for them? How can I get there early so I can beat the competition so they don't beat my spot? There's certain things and disciplines you have to have as a fisherman in order to be successful at that trade. But you just don't do that overnight. It has to start here. It has to start at a young age. I don't know much about Simon's parents, but I'm assuming, because like me at that time, their parents, the kids went to the same profession as their parents did. So I don't know if Simon's parents took him onto the boats at a young age and showed him the ropes. But I imagine that was the case. Or someone older than him showed him the ropes. Someone that had many years of experience as a fisherman showed him the ropes until he got to the point where he could be on his own, have his own boat, do his own stuff, can make his own money, sell the, his own fish at the market. Little did he know those traits that he developed early on in life is exactly what God was going to use to match the title that God would give him. John chapter 1, verse 41, we can introduce to Simon in the Bible. It says, The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. First of all, thank God for Andrew. Some of y'all have some Andrews in your life, okay? Thank God for Andrew. That's not part of the sermon, but it just, it just came to me. Thank God for Andrew. Verse 42. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. But in that scripture, it doesn't really tell him why his name is Peter. But Jesus saw him and immediately knew what his title was going to be. He knew what he was going destined to be stepping into. He may have saw the huge calluses on his hands of years of hard work and discipline. He may have seen his swordsmanship at some point, because well, we know what happened to Peter. <laughs> but, uh, and how skilled he was at that. But Jesus tells him later on, why his name is Peter. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus gives us an explanation and says, beginning at verse 18, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus considered Simon worthy of a tremendous honor. He gave him almost the keys to the kingdom. He spent time with him. He saw that his character matched his character traits, his personality. Peter experiences failure. We know this. But he grows into being the rock of the church that you see that is established in the book of Acts. He's preaching boldly. Yes, he denies him, even though he says he, does, he won it. 
but leads him all the way to the point where he's crucified upside down because he didn't want to be crucified the same way Jesus was. But he was the rock, the cornerstone of the church that we're experiencing today. Incredible honor. Jesus and God has specific work for you to do. Kids, you may not like studying algebra, but as a coder myself, I thank God because it helped me develop the logic that I need to do my job on a daily basis. All those people that may have not liked chemistry or biology, but they wanted to be a pharmacist or a chemist, thank God for them because they helped develop a vaccine that will help save billions of people's lives. Do not disqualify yourself from the work that God has specifically designed for you by being lazy here. If Simon slept in all the time, he wouldn't become Peter. If he wasn't willing to put in the extra work and time and travel, he wouldn't become Peter. If he wasn't willing to have so much energy, he wouldn't be able to help build the church. But it developed here at a young age. God has designed you for specific work. But Trevor, I'm just a bus driver. There is nothing just. There's no title that you have is just. A bus driver may be the first friendly face they see in the morning and the last friendly face they see at night when you drop them off. A bus driver helps deliver kids to get them to their destination where they can meet what they God has designed for them for the rest of their life. There's no just anything. He has designed you for specific work. Don't disqualify yourself by being lazy or not turning in assignments on time or not doing the work because if you don't get it here, guess what? School just escalates. You don't know your, how to add. Learning how to subtract is going to be hard, let alone multiplication and division, let alone algebra and calculus. But you have these great designs and ideas to be the next great engineer and help fix some of these bridges we have in Kansas City, right? Golly, they're always under construction. But you can't be that next great engineer if you don't do the work here. You disqualify yourself. You won't get into that school that you have your dreams because your grades aren't high enough. You didn't put the work in. You'll be a great athlete. Great athletes don't sleep in and skip workouts. You don't get that college scholarship just because you're a good kid. You have to earn it. But too many people disqualify themselves here because they want to spend all night playing Fortnite and Call of Duty and they're too tired in class. Don't disqualify yourself by becoming Peter by being lazy as Simon. But if you do all this, you step into the title like Abraham did, Abram and Abraham, Jacob into Israel, Simon into Peter, at the end of the day, in Revelation, as Jesus tells us, 
chapter 2, verse 17 in Revelation says, Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give them some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. God has a title written on a stone waiting for you. And if you've done the work, if you've done what you're supposed to do, and he hands it to you, you will read it. And it's going to mean so much to you because it's going to confirm every step of your life. How you got to that point. But you don't do it if you disqualify yourself. If you don't wrestle with your past self. Or you don't allow God to refine you. God doesn't just name, rename us. He puts his name on us. He considers one of your, him, yourself, one of his own. It means something to have the same inheritance that Jesus has. You are able to walk into it. If you feel like you need some refinement, the Isaacs are going to be coming up here Ask for a refinement. If you are wrestling with God, ask for the strength of Jacob so you can become Israel. And if you're a young person in here or you're trying to walk into what God has specific work for you to do, ask that you come up here and ask the Isaacs to pray over you so that you, Simon, can become Peter. Thank you, guys.